Yo, what's good? It's the Royal Urban Mobile Podcast back again. Another episode. Yes, sir. Yeah, we do this. Uh, we doing this every Tuesday now. Every Tuesday. Weekly. Weekly. Uh, before we did every other Tuesday. Now every Tuesday. Tune in to us on iTunes. Uh, what else? Uh, Podbean. Podbean. Stitcher. Stitcher, yeah, any streaming, any 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 platform that streams yeah. podcasts, yeah, check us out. Yo, what's up? This is Mega of the Mega Late Show. You are listening to the Raw Urban Mobile Podcast. This is Nina from the band The Ocean and I, and you're listening to the Raw Urban Mobile Podcast. Yep, Chocolate Buddha here in the house. Chilling in this old 20-year-old vehicle called the Mobile Man Cave out here in the streets of Yamato. And for those new listeners, we are a podcast that focus on the international community here in Tokyo. And we have another member from the international community. He's Japanese, but, you know, spent a lot of time in the U.S. One of the reasons why I brought him on is because he has a very... I think through his experiences in Japan and in the U.S. and his education, he provides a very interesting perspective on Japanese culture, one that you don't often hear from a Japanese person, right? So um, we got my boy Hiro. What's up? What up? What's going on, bro? Chilling, man. Chilling, chilling. Now, you're also a member of the Dosin crew, right? Yeah. All right. I've been DJing for dosing. So tell tell everybody what dosing is. Dosing is a that artist collective formed with uh, these three DJs and uh, some other guys that's helping us. Whatever, but then me and Stefan Yoshiki and a uh, Callum. Shout out to Stefan, mm-hmm. a homie. We go we're gonna get him on the podcast too. So I was the original three DJs out of uh, dosing, but then me like for a little personal reasons, I'm just taking a little break right now. But uh, dosing is the shit. Okay, They're cool. Doing it? Yeah, yeah. I, I see you guys are pretty active around town and throwing, <laughs> throwing little nice little events. Got some hip hop artists coming through, right? Yep, from the states. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, when did you? Well, first before that, where are you from in Japan originally? Well, I was born in Tokyo, but then I like, moved to Sendai. Like, okay. Sendai, the northern part of uh, Japan, definitely. And then lived there for a bit. Then um, I was put in an international school. Then my parents decided to, you know, send their sons to foreign countries as a, it was a tradition. So, like, I moved to the state, lived in Pennsylvania for a while. Then I moved to New York City and spent probably, like, 10, 12 years over there. Maybe, like, 13 total. I don't even remember. But most of my life was spent in New York City, like, particularly in Uptown, Harlem, 133rd in Lenox. All right. Shout yep. out to Harlem. Then I was DJing a lot. You know, was a part of the crew called the Radical Outing. Okay. Yeah. Oh, like, they, we are very they, like known for like throwing uh, basement events and you know a lot of different kind of music mixed in, like all that jam stuff and you know everything good. Yeah. All right. Cool. Cool. And and how how was that experience uh, living uptown, Harlem? Mm, first, like you as know, a Japanese person, like many Japanese would move to New York City because of uh, the. F- you know, hip hop and uh, fashion perspective, but then like me, like I didn't really particularly have interest in like you know, 
um, intentionally moving to Harlem or black neighborhood or anyways, but it was just that, you know, area that I could afford. Okay. So the back then, like, you know, in early 2000, Harlem was still affordable place to live. You know, there were no white people, like, you know, gentrifiers yet. Yeah. So. Pre-gentrification? Pre-gentrification. <laughs> okay. Yes. So, you know, I got myself, like, $500, $600 apartment. Then, you, you in know, the projects? Like, not in the projects. Not in the projects, okay. Like in Brownstone. Brownstone, yeah. okay. All right. So how, how was... Like, did you interact with a lot of people a lot? Like, how, how did people receive you? Of course, like, in, you in know, I, I was, like, you know, one of those super rare Asian guys that's walking around and up down by that time. So, I mean, so, like, you know, initial first two or three years, I got robbed and stuff. Definitely went through stuff. Wow. But then again, like, I have always been rather of an honest person okay. who is not really afraid of, like, you know, showing love and respect to everybody. Yeah. And eventually people really, you know, started getting my vibe and whatever so like the whole entire community started recognizing me as part of them you know great so so to the robbery back to the robbery how how did that go down it's like i mean if you're from new york you already know that that like you know people who try to like you know snatch your chains in the streets and stuff like they're usually from some other neighborhood you know they travel all the way from you know (laughs) let's say brooklyn and go all the way up to the uptown and like pick somebody up and like you know word, rob word. him and stuff and then bounce you know like that's what they do so like in a way like i i kind of knew that 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 the local homies wasn't doing it you know okay you know what i'm saying so like the, the harlem community started recognizing my face and like they started you know warning me for like this particular time this these guys are trouble you know da, 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 you know yeah. whatever it's, I, I was just just becoming like really harlem resident you know okay so, so that Saved my ass. <laughs> okay, so how, but how did they how did they approach you? Did, was it just like straight up, yo, give like me your money, or people, oh, um, just walk up to you, just you know, put their hand in your pockets, like yo, this is mine. You know what I mean? It's just like spontaneous stuff. Just walking at me in a group, and then first the guy would try to draw my attention, like saying something. Then the guy like falling right next to him would punch me in the chin and then snatch my chain. Then the other guy would like punch me again so that I, I I cannot react to him or chase them, you know. So you and they would so usually you was rocking, run. You was rocking the chain then. Yeah. Okay. Back in the days, yeah. Okay. Then yeah. they would like, run straight to the subway and bounce, like you know. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, but you said you know after that, you know the community started warning you. Yeah. About everybody knew my face, like back in the days, like either one twenty fifth or one thirty fifth. Like everybody that's like in the neighborhood would know who Hiro is, like, you know. And I have never been, like, doing hustle or you know, anything like that. So, like, just people kind of respect me as in, like, just a part of community, like I said, you know. Did they did they view you as, you know, Chinese at first? Or did no, they of course. You... I mean, like, you know, New Yorkers are not, like, you know, something that's, like, super leftist, like, you know, that, that, that. I don't know, they would still, like, throw you racist jokes and stuff, but then I can take that because I'm not a little kid. I'm not a nervous person to, like, take any offense to, like, little comments like a little dick man or, like, chinky eyes <laughs> and stuff, you know, like, yeah. I can take jokes. And I already knew that New Yorkers are like that anyway, so, like, you know. Yeah. Did they call you chink or anything like that? First, but then again, they started saying, like, okay, it's kind of wrong to, like, call a Japanese guy chink, yeah? <laughs> yeah, so what they call you, Jap? Oh, yeah, they named me, like, Hero the Jap. Oh. Ah, Hero the Jap. Yep, and that became my DJ name. 
And you still go by that name, right? Yeah. You DJ as a DJ. Because I kind of feel kind of proud of that because locals named me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, that's usually how it is in the hood, right? Yeah. And it's the case that, that I don't really take offense to the word Jap because, like, Jap to me is just a shorter version of a Japanese, which is kind of, you know, hard to pronounce anyway, so. Yeah. I don't see it as a derogatory term or anything. Okay. But it depends on the person, no? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Context, situations, all that shit. Time yeah. period. Mm. Yeah. So you said your parents yeah. sent you to the States, and you said that was kind of like some type of tradition. Like, yeah, because like my whole that? entire family is like somewhat, you know, all like educated internationally, like including my mother, my you know, grandpa as well. Like my grandpa studied in China and also Korea. Then my mother went to UC Berkeley. You know? Okay. Wow. Nice. Then my father went to Berlin, so naturally I was sent to America, and then my brother to Paris. Yeah. Whoa. And and obviously there was a difference between where you first moved, which was Pennsylvania, right? Yeah. And New York City. There's this. Yeah, I had to experience like you know the, the backyard. I mean, like backwood. You know, semi redneck life. <laughs> like every Friday, go to the mall and get kicked out by the mall cop life. Okay. I couldn't do it because, like, I'm from an urban city, so like yeah. I need subways at least. I have to realize that about myself. So yes. Naturally, it was my choice to just move to New York City. Okay. Yeah. And what what did you take out of all your years in New York City about the city, about culture, people? What, what did you What do you think you learned from that? that, that 10 years or however many years you were there mm, that's kind of different difficult question mm. to answer but um or, or what i learned the most about by living in a city is just uh keeping it real i think and just explain, explain what that means like be yourself like okay. and be like truthful to the others even if it's like brutal way because at the end of the day like you know people is going to recognize you like real recognize real okay. then like you know I don't know. I don't know. No, okay, that's that's sounds pretty solid. Was that kind of a culture shock to you? Uh, Not keeping really, it I mean, real. Because I was o- always kind of a jovial type of person. Anyway, it's like even back in Japan, like I was put in international school. Then I was always like kind of having trouble with uh, getting myself, you know, socialized with other bunch of Japanese kids. I did grew up with a lot of let's say like mixed kids or like military related you know kids anyways so like you know the same to my younger brother so so what what do you think of the difference what differences or difference (coughs) between international school here in japan and regular japanese schools well regular japanese schools their school system is based on you know set of like you know conservative way of life and uh, the, the collective way of thinking, like particularly Japanese, you know, classist, ageist kind of uh, way of thinking, like you know, senpai, kohai stuff, what we call yes. it. Like older guy has a lot more sayings than, let's say, <laughs> you know. So, probably my phone is going off crazy. So explain <sighs> to our audience what senpai and ko- kohai means. Senpai is just the older student in your school, like, you know. Your first grader, and then your senpais would be second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth graders. I mean, you you can have that, that the kind of that ageism in American schools as well, but they, in this country, it's more you know prominent. 
because it's culture is Confucian culture anyways. So the older person is more is supposed to be more respected, and you have to obey everything that they say, and you know. Yes, which is one of the main uh, values of Confucianism, right? Yes. So in other respecting words, respecting older yeah. elders and your parents. Yeah. So is that the reason why they have uh like when my daughter was going to uh school, right? Yeah. Uh the older kids would escort the younger kids, you know, cuz they all walked to school, right? With no parental supervision or they didn't take the bus. So is that related to the older kids um are older kids being in charge or responsible for the group of younger kids as they walk to school is Yeah, definitely. Mm. Mm. And, that, and that's just that. a, I think, like the senpai kohai thing, it's just a general, it's used in all aspects of society, right? Even yeah, it's work. not only limited to the school system, whatever. It's just, to me, like, to be honest, I think our Japanese companies and work offices and stuff is just a large extension of a Japanese school. So, in order to understand Japanese culture, it's very vital to, like, you know, know what Confucian, you know, philosophy is, okay. because it's, it explains a lot, you know. Yes, and and that derives. It started in China, right? Yes, a, it did. It's like a in Chinese five hundred BC or something, ancient China. Because as you know, China is a huge country with a whole different people. You know, four or five at least different languages and stuff like that. Yes. So, like you know, the dynasty back then they needed some philosophy or rules to easily control the, that huge mass together, so that they can you know, have their um, people like that's effectively producing, you know, crops and whatever, you know, for them. It's just like kind of like brainwashing yeah. type of uh, philosophy in a way. Is it similar to the Ten Commandments or something like yeah, in the it's, Bible? It's, um, I wouldn't say it's similar to the particularly Ten Commandments, mm. but then like the Confucianism based on, let's say, like vertically vertically structured power yeah, top down. system top and down yeah yes and also classist and elitism like t- your title like your like you know job title or your imagery like you know socially accepted imagery is more important than like what you are or who you are you know exactly. you can say this you can apply this to like many of japanese things right so this makes me think about Tatemai. Tatemai and, and, and Honne. Yeah. So explain that to our audience. Okay. That, Honne know, and Tatemai. Yeah. Honne is the front, like mask or something that people would wear. Right? And then Honne is the truth, like, you know, uh, actuality and stuff like that. Or so who you, so are, who or, you are inside. Yeah. Or and it, You know, it, it's been said that Japanese people wear masks, whatever. And not, you know, what it means is like, you know, it's the same thing as I just said, like the in Confucian culture, imagery in the social, you know, uh, stance or like imagery. You know, yeah, it's a lot more important than like what you are, anyway. So, you know, that Hatema is tend to be like more valued in the society, yeah, than what you are. Like, so, you know, so Hatema is is defined as the outer, the the social yeah. imagery, as you said, right. Mm-hmm. How you act in society, yeah, and you know we've we've mentioned this uh, countless times in other episodes, but yes, it's good for you to elaborate on that, yeah. um, and where it came came from. So it's so it's a direct, 
you think it's a, a connection or a tie to Confucianism? It's definitely part of a Confucianism. Part of, yeah. Yes. So you feel that on the average, Japanese are taught not to keep it real uh, or not to be real in order to, in order to let's say, uh, for the betterment of society as far as how it looks to the outside world? Yeah, I mean, like they just value harmonized collective way of thinking mm. than just being yourself and voice your opinion, like individual opinion. Like, you know, by the moment you just do that, then like you are kind of like kicked out, alienated out of a group. And that's, you know, that's how it works in school, in Japanese company, in just Japanese society in general. And that's what something that uh, a lot of Western expats can't really do with like <laughs> over here. So like, yeah, they can't. They can't. I mean, I can't. And that's why their... I bounced out and moved to America. <laughs> okay, so you you definitely value individualism, right? Yeah. I you... mean, I was raised in that way, like I said. So yeah. Like you know, my parents noticed that. Like okay, so my son is like this way. So yeah, he's not the. It's uh, not really comfortable. Typical or Japanese yeah. conforming into social norms and whatnot. So that's why, like, okay, so let's send him to America. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he probably feels just more. like we are. You know, go, like yeah. like I said, it's my family tradition to like just go to foreign schools and stuff like that. So, so instead of being hero, the salary man, you hero the <laughs> yeah, Jap. Yeah, hero the Jap. Yeah, word. <laughs> you know, that's yeah, that's definitely a. But get back to like Confucianism. It, it's like. Even Japanese people really don't understand them, their own cultural heritage because mostly it gets confusing because, like, you know, the Japanese are kind of known being racist against Korean people. Then the Japanese government, you know, doesn't want to just show the relation with uh, Japanese history ties to Korea anyway. So, like, you know, there are less people who actually talk about Confucianism in terms of uh, in discussing Japanese culture but then like when you're actually internationally raised person then you can tell because yeah. you would meet Korean people who act exactly like Japanese uh, and, so you, you've met Koreans in the States yeah of course yeah with the same mm -hmm. like you know their social issues like exactly the same in Korea like hikikomori like you know harmit you know yeah and all. yeah People who basically, you know, keep themselves inside, mm -hmm. locked in their rooms or whatever, and don't come out, don't are not an active mm -hmm. member in society. No, I would say the same is happening in Taiwan too, because Taiwan is another Confucian country. So it's, these three countries are very, very non-Confucian countries. So in order to understand Japanese culture, like you know, Confucianism is a key word to just dig through. You know. Okay. Yeah, but I noticed the Koreans when they protest. Man, they, they, they throw shit. They fight the police physically. They throw down. And I notice when Japanese protest is so, you know, it's it's like a funeral procession. You know what I'm saying? Mm, With a yeah. few megaphones or maybe a few shouts and this, that, and the other. But, man, I've seen Koreans protest. Yeah, they definitely they are different. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I think so, what seems to be a point to me is Confucianism came from China, yeah. right? But how it was received by Korea, by Japan, I think maybe was a little different. It, it was it was internalized differently, so not everybody... Uh, For the fact, Chinese didn't actually like Confucianism much, so that's why they turned communist. So they kicked out that, that dynasty and just okay. revolutionized the society, mm, and, okay. you know, they kicked them out to Taiwan, actually, you know? Okay. 
Then Japan and Korea and Taiwan still remained as a co-fisherman, you know, three countries. So would you, would you kind of agree to that point that there's this, there's this ideal, um, I guess, there's this, I guess, Chinese way of Confucianism. Mm. And then when other cultures receive it, maybe it's not received exactly the same way. And maybe it takes on a different form or... Yeah, it's still possible, but then, hmm, I don't know. Like, I've never yeah. even thought about that, though. I would assume that... Well, like I know the Japanese are very, very Confucian, though, because they're yeah. I- islander to begin with. They're ins- yeah. insular people, right? Yeah, but it's just yeah. like Christianity. Yeah. Like, Christianity takes on many different forms and facets, right? Mm. I guess in some part of the world, like, some ideology or philosophy is better yeah. kind of fit than somewhere else like to me like chinese are much more closer to what americans are really yeah why would you because i do have a lot of chinese friends and like you know they would voice their opinion all they want and they do whatever the fuck they want you know Uh, (laughs) very aggressive yeah very aggressive people and like compared to the confucian chinese and koreans they're completely different so I, i can see why they didn't like the idea of like you know conformity and yes you know just brandlessly following the power and stuff like that you know, which is what you're saying is to, to Japan's detriment, or mm. in Japan, like people kind of, you know, adapted into that idea, like conforming. Yeah, because like I said, it's a, a, a very homogeneous islandic country. Yes, just only one people, one language, and everything like that. So, like you know, Confucianism was best fit fit for Japan. I think. Yeah. So you you moved back to Japan, right? Yeah, in two thousand. 12, yeah. Okay. Why did you move back? Um, just that, like, by that time, New York was already getting kind of corny because the gentrification was ongoing and, you know, Bushwick was not Bushwick no more. Then all the uh, parties and the warehouse venues got taken down. And um, it just, like, it wasn't meant to happen, you know. Then, you know, the rest of my crew was kind of moving to Berlin and some other places. So I just decided to move back to Japan and, uh, you know, take another chance and whatever. So I, I was just a little bored, I think. I, I'm not saying, like, I made the right decision <laughs> now, but then... Um, so you don't think you made the right decision? Mm, to to be honest, here? like, yeah, I, I think I made the wrong decision. To come back like, here? In terms of my personal life. Okay. Like I mentioned at the beginning of this interview, like, I'm taking a little bit of a break from... Uh, uh, the dozing, you know, DJ dozing, career. Yeah, yeah. So that's because, like, my personal part of life is not really fulfilled. You okay. Know? It's just that, you know, readmitting to culture that is kind of completely opposite is always difficult. Yes. Now, to me, it's like I was originally from this country, but, like, yet incompatible. So that's why I moved to, you mm. know, <laughs> yes. America, New York City, and experienced a lot of stuff and matured, you know dated woman that's uh, completely different from, uh, you know, I would say Japanese woman. When they come back here, then it's just a reverse culture shock. But then again, it's not even in that level to me. Cause yeah, because <laughs> yeah, you're I'm, Japanese. I'm just like such a marginally person yeah. that, I, you know, it, it's even hard to explain myself sometimes. So like I need some sort of a, I don't know, man. Like, you know, it, so it's you not said, like I'm lost. Yeah. I know who I am. Okay. And I'm not afraid to, like, you know. But like you said, you're just incom- this 
way of life, this society is just incompatible with who you are. Yeah. Okay. But, that, you know, that's just very personal issue. Yes. Though. So, like, you know. Now, you mentioned dating. So, you're not attracted to Japanese girls? or you? Not really. Like, I mean, I did have a Japanese-American girlfriend back in Brooklyn. Okay. But then, like, you know, Japanese girls, like, as in native Japanese girls, they just are, to me, it's like on the complete opposite side of the spectrum of womanhood. Because I'm more used to dating, like, let's say, black woman or Latina woman, because I lived in uptown New York. So it's okay. just, you know, the way they, you know, express themselves or how, how they just carry themselves, attitudes, you know, what we call, it's, it's completely different. You know, it, I don't think I can, with, like, the very fake submissive or, like, you know, kawaii princessy type of, mm. that kind of feel dishonest yes. to me, you know. <laughs> yeah. So what if you met a Japanese girl from Japan who, acts who has like, that, yeah. has that then, type you know, of I have no issue dating. Oh, okay. Because mm. I'm pretty sure there's some out there. Yeah, you know. I, I just have to look, you know. But it's just, like, not really that easy for me to, like, you know, find those specific kind of females. Like, yeah. So. yeah. You got to go to the hip-hop club. I mean, <laughs> dating dating is just hard, yeah, period, yeah. no matter what yeah, culture exactly, you're in. Yeah, no matter. Especially in this time, yeah. Yeah. So I'm not really that complaining about that. Okay. But you ain't in no rush, right? Nah. Yeah, yeah, you just chilling. Chilling. So what are, what are you up to these days uh, as far as, like, work and stuff? So, um... Me, I decided to do something that I couldn't do back in New York City. So I started selling airsoft guns. Mm. The airsoft guns, like for those who live in like, you know, liberal states that, you know, kind of bans those toys. Like airsoft guns are replica firearms. It launches plastic BBs, six millimeter BBs, and it looks very realistic. You know, the magazine changing the slide, you know, racking and everything or electric machine gun stuff. They usually, like, use those, you know, either for uh, collecting purposes or for, like, you know, that, that it's a war game. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like a paintball, but in, like, super realistic paintball, so that, you know, paintball slash reenactment type of uh, gotcha. sports or institution, yeah? So you have a... I do have an online shop that's, like, you know, retailing those... Uh, Replica guns and all nice. the, some imported gears and stuff like that. Okay, how, how does that? So you said online, so you don't have a physical. Yeah, if nowadays it's kind of too risky to have a physical store, store yeah. in Tokyo. So it's, if you do have a physical store, then you just basically work every day to pay rent. So ah, uh, so it's not so much having the guns because I, I I see them in Mega Hote, you know they are soft. Uh, replicas they sell them in uh, well mega hotel is like a big ass walmart mm. uh, you know uh, you know for the listening audience and stuff like that and i see they have them encased in the uh, mega hotel oh yeah in the kanagawa stores. it's kind of illegal to sell those airsoft guns to minors so that's why they you know engage that stuff but oh. the, the ones that's sold in don quixote and stuff is just el cheapo little toys but uh, what oh. i'm dealing it's just top notch like you're looking super realistic ones like, so what you know, if the cop catch you with one of those? Are you going to get In public, shit? of course, it's illegal to carry that or brandish that, like, you know, the imitation firearms in public with, like, you know... <laughs> yeah, you know, let's, shit just, out of let's have common sense, you know? Yeah. Just because Japan, you cannot really have MP5s out in, like, you know, in Shibuya, and that's not going to work, you know, you, you get in trouble. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're in a country where guns are not a common thing, you know, and there are not no. a lot of gun owners... 
Um, the laws are different. And yeah, so let's talk about that a little bit. I actually own a 12-gauge shotgun, which is a you know, real firearm. Okay, so in Japan, uh, you can own a gun, in fact. Um, that the gun control law is actually looser than what it is in the UK. They, oh, wow, w- really? Yeah, whenever I tell this to British people, they get surprised, or like American people, because they're only like listening to rather like far-leftist media, so then those media tend to kind of like exaggerate what Japan yes. is. You know? yes. So they think that there's no guns in Japan, but uh, in fact, we can have, you know, semi-auto, shotgun or whatever. So how is the process, though? Process? Well, it's definitely kind of similar to the UK. So first, you have to go to the police station and, like, and tell them that you want to uh, own gun for sporting or like a hunting purpose only. Like you cannot own firearms over here for self-defense or, you know, any type of that. Because that, that's the thing that Americans wouldn't really understand because, yeah, I have a second amendment and we don't. So, like, we don't have right to bear arms to, like, go war against our own government. Yes. But, you know, the firearms are allowed for sporting or hunting purposes. So you let them know that, then they would put you into the, the, the firearms lecture class and you just take tests and whatever after, like, three hours of testing whatever. Then... Next, like you go to this uh, designated shooting range and like you know gen- learn about the safe handling. Now, of course, they would evaluate you for that. Okay, so it's an evaluation. Yes, of course. And then after you pass that, then they want to they're going to screen you. Of course, like you know to make sure that you don't have any criminal history or anything, okay. or like mental illness, like history, whatever. So then they do it thoroughly. So like you know, then after you pass that, then like you're given permit. Oh, let's let's go back a little bit now. Is part of that screening process talking to friends, families? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They do that. Like yeah. you know, like your parents and also like friends that's the most closest, whatever, or even like your neighbor, like next door neighbor, to make sure that you're not affiliated with like you know the yakuza or mafia organization or cults and stuff mm. like that. Of course, yeah. Mm. And they do that. And they do that in UK as well, actually. Like in, it's kind of popular in Europe, yeah. Okay. So, and then after that, after the, you said evaluation, the screening, what, what comes next? Then you get the permit, right? Then you just walk into the gun shop with the permit, then purchase the gun. Okay. Yeah. Then um, you're legalized, I mean, legally required to have a safe, of course. So, like, you have to have that. And lock the gun and ammo in a separate uh, safes. And that's also like common sense for legal gun owners as well. Even in the U.S., it's not a good choice to have ammo and gun in the same safe. So yes. Yeah, practically, they do that too. But, but anyways, um, in Japan, like police would uh, that, you know, come to your house like once in a year. That's mandate. So like, you, know, you cannot really tell when, but then again, like, you know, in the morning, they would knock on the door. Ah. Yeah, we are here for that, and, you know. So you said once inspection a year? Inspection once a year, yeah. Okay, and you don't know what? I actually had it like a couple months ago. Oh, really? So yeah. you just knocked on your door? Yeah, I had a little bit of airsoft gun scattering around. <laughs> so I, I was oh, a little shit. scared, but then again, <laughs> it, it's usually the case for like a legal gun on us to yeah, have they, airsoft guns anyway. Yeah, so they, they know. Yeah, they're, they're not they're surprised like, when they come. They're not. Yeah. They're not. They're, okay. yeah. All they do is just like see if uh, my gun is locked up in a you know, safe properly. The the ammunition being separated. Yeah. And that's it, yeah. Okay. So, so like in uh, because you know I'm from the country. We had guns in the house and 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 this that and the other. And you know the deal. You lived in America and stuff. 
you know, so since you were talking about sport and uh, hunting, are there hunting seasons in Japan, you know, for yeah. people that may be interested in? Mm, well, it depends on what uh, what kind of game you want. Like, I didn't get my license for particularly hunting purposes anyway. Mine, mine is for, like, target shooting, but then, like, you know. So, yeah. so they let you, although you didn't, you were not trying to obtain a license for hunting purposes, they still let you get a gun yeah. or get a license. Based on the purposes, the, the kind of the gun that you can own is limited. You know? Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Oh, okay. Now, obviously, so, pistol and stuff like that is illegal here because like a pistol has no purpose other than the self-protection, right? Yes. So, which, what you can which, get is... Which, I, you know, I want to kind of reiterate that point is that yeah. that's the biggest difference with biggest US and Japan between, is that yeah, we have a... Purpose, you know. Yeah, we, we have a, a Second Amendment right to own and Japan doesn't. Mm-hmm. And that also translates to that, that. Let's go back to the topic, you know, that Confucianism too. Like I, I said, like Japanese people are deeply Confucians who, yes. you know, the f- follow the system and fear the power and stuff like that. Yeah, you're right. That yeah. kind of translates to this like law as well. Like we don't have right to fight against our own government, even at the case of tyranny. Stuff yes. like that. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, so... Now, since you bought it for sport, what is it? Competition or just target shooting? I mean, there like to me there's a difference. Shooting, I mean, target shooting, yeah. target shooting. I mean, you just go somewhere and just set up some beer cans like we did. In the oh no, you cannot shit. do that. You have to go to the designated shooting oh. range. Oh, you oh, can't so just walk it around like you know to go to like you know bed and shoot. That's not going to happen. Oh, okay. So okay, you have to okay. go to like a registered shooting range that has a barriers and everything oh, to make okay. sure like you know your bullet isn't going you know no way outside of. Uh, Whatever. And you can, oh, okay. can't just walk in McDonald's with, with, your, with your fucking gun <laughs> yeah, on your yeah. on your holster. <laughs> on your, shit. Wild, wild you know, west. Because you know, back in the day, right when I was living in the states, my cousin had a owned a gun. I think he still owns his, his guns, whatever. And he would go in McDonald's. You know, I would be with him or whatever, gold gas station or whatever. And he had a he had a license, but he had to show it. Yeah, he, he he had to uh, show his gun. You he mean conceal carry? Yeah, 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 oh, yeah. 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 So, but what was funny, and he stopped, he stopped carrying his gun to like you know, McDonald's or wherever the fuck he would go, because he said it just drew too much attention. Like he didn't yeah. like it, you know. Like you know, you walk in McDonald's, motherfuckers just looking at you like. Then they call the cops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. usually in the case of a black man, he's he's dead and shit. Yeah. Even though he has a right to carry. But that's another yeah, subject. Yeah, I saw one of those videos that's like a black guy that like questioned by police, and even though he had, you know, proper license, like concealed carrying everything. Then yeah, of course, of course, yeah. race goes, you know, factors into yeah. it. You know, being a black man, yeah, in America these days, even if you, even if you're licensed, it just yeah. brings the wrong, well, yeah, bad kind of attention. And also, it's you, it's, you know? it's it's culturally ingrained from the unfortunately past. Yeah. But uh, now, now going back to to the constitution no one ever tried to challenge it or anything like that it's like after world war ii now now correct me if i'm wrong because you know i was reading this a while back so i might be a little confused after world war ii that motivated the japanese government to take away guns i mean not to allow their citizens to own guns uh, uh elaborate on that a little bit because like you say that that oh. the japanese didn't challenge it, and i wonder mm. Why would they, even though you say it's about the Confucianism and this, that, yeah. and the other? Uh, is it the public just feel that 
there's no reason for us to have this, so therefore, elaborate on that a little bit. Okay. Well, traditionally, like Japanese since uh, Hideyoshi era, what uh, robbed up the, you know, our arms. This is a famous thing called the katanagari. The katana is a sword, and the kari is a hand, sword hand. So Hideyoshi, even though he was a um, peasant, then he became a shogun, right? But him being a peasant knew how to control peasants. Yeah? yeah. So the best way to control like, you know, the, the peasants or like civilians is to take away their arms. Oh. That's what dictators do. So like, he decided to take swords away from a, a no-mean peasant's class, rice farmer's class, so that they cannot revolt against shogunate. Okay. Yeah? Ever since then, Japanese were um, you know, unarmed. Up until like Meiji era, like you know, Westernization era, yes, like pre-war, I'm talking about. Then they reintroduced the right to like you know, arm, you know, whatever. But then again, like you know, practically, like Japanese didn't really want to buy firearms anyway, even though they were allowed to in uh, that particular you know time, whatever. And that right was only granted for military purposes because military officers back in the days were required to purchase. Sidearms, yeah. So the firearm sales, like Nambu pistols and stuff, little you know the wicked-looking pistols back then, were designed properly. I mean, like you know, predominantly for arming, you know, the military personnel. Mm. So the regular citizens back in the day, they did have right to buy guns, but they didn't because they didn't see much purpose in it because they are so used to not having weapons. So like, why would they buy stuff like that? You know, like. Oh. So oh, culturally, they have always been the kind of robot of their arms, so they didn't even find the purpose of buying guns for you know self-protection purposes. Which and still persists today, that yeah, type of mentality. Like That's why guns are seen as a sporting goods. Yeah, okay. Oh, so, here, so, so. so basically you're saying that the people took the initiative and the government didn't just say, hey, we're going to, we're going to, we're not going to grant you that right. It's just the people just didn't feel that it was necessary to You're own correct. firearms. You're correct. You know, of course, after the war, like GHQ and then General MacArthur banned, you know, that right again. So it, it became illegal for regular Japanese citizens to buy and purchase firearms for self-defense purposes. So which Japanese, makes sense, yeah. Ah, so the Japanese just say, hey, well, shit, we working okay without them, so we don't need them. Hmm. You're right. Oh. But, you know, the, the, the sporting purpose shotguns and, you know, target rifles are still allowed. I mean. Let me ask you a question. Do you, do you think if Japanese were allowed to own guns, generally speaking, pistols? and well, Like I said, like, Japanese don't really find much need in those things. Yeah. Like, I don't think, like, you know, they would <laughs> get so, so, up on the gun shop and start buying Berettas and Glocks. Yeah, That's so, not going to happen. Yeah, that was basically my question. Like, like I said, like before the war, it was legal <laughs> to yeah. buy firearms, but yeah. then nobody actually did it. Because so it's the mindset. Yeah. It's it the is. mindset. It's mindset. It's culture. That even if it was legal, you probably yeah. wouldn't That's see it. That's what I'm huge... saying, Japanese are confessions. Like, yeah. you know, the yeah. vertical power structure, mm. you know, but I, power-fearing people. But that works out good for you, for for the society as far as their safety is concerned, would you think? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, See, like, I'm, you know, even though I am a legal gun owner, I'm not necessarily right-winger. I'm actually left, you know, moderate left, actually. Cause and I'm, I'm I am pro-control, you know. I'm thinking your murder rates would be higher over here because, like, you know, you got guy, the guy that went up 
Takeshi Dori uh, in Harajuku and tried to run over people with his car, or mm-hmm. you had the guy mm-hmm. back in Ikebukuro with about great, over great a decade years. ago. Like, we cannot risk that. Yeah, know? yeah. So had they had guns, they could have done a lot more mm-hmm. damage. So I think it worked out yep. pretty just, good for you guys as far as overall safety mm. is concerned. Yeah, I was just reading something the other day. It said, I guess the results came out 2017. Japan had less than 50 gun deaths so oh, well shit, well not 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 right? including like i think they said not including suicide but like actual uh homicide oh, oh you say from about a decade like, ago murder huh you say from what year 2017 2017 i've been reading the stats japanese average about two or three gun murders a year mm, yeah i was like usually yakuza related ah yeah yeah, yeah. but it, but that was just in 2017 the latest results that under 50 it was mm. like 30 40 something gun deaths i saw you put up a pic not too long ago on social right. media and in, in the background there was this image right it says ban anime oh, oh see the, and you, you said you know the artist right yeah lush sucks the graffiti yeah, artist. Lush, yeah. Lush, lush, lush sucks sucks when he's australian i believe right? yeah he's australian okay he's actually known in new york city as well okay he does have like a couple murals dropped and also. Fucks up with banning anime, man. Banning anime? You know, see, like, I'm actual Japanese person, so, like, many of you already know that, 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 that majority of Japanese people are not like geeks. Like, we don't really watch anime like that. But then again, a lot of like Westerners, like, they do have a kind of monolithic thinking of uh, Japan being a, all about, like, you know, geeky, nerdy subculture, and everybody's into. Some eighty-year-old schoolgirl lordy pedophile shit, which is not the case. Like the most sociable, most normal Japanese guys, they don't watch stuff like that, you know. So like it has always been kind of arcing me that even yeah. in in my American life, like you know, of course I would attract a lot of weeaboo type of people. Yeah, and ex- explain what a weeaboo is. Weeaboo is uh, you know Japanophiles. Japanophiles. Like people who kind of fantasize Japan. Yeah based on anime or like fiction stuff then like you know apply that thinking onto actual japanese and that kind of pisses us off like as you can imagine yes that's like fetishizing black people for like you know the violent hip-hop videos and calling everybody like you know exactly cultural appropriation shit yeah i mean same exact thing so like of course i would have a little bit of a negative attitude towards anime but let that let's aside that Mm -hmm. it's like the reason why, like, I'm kind of like always uh, poking fun of anime fandom is because, uh, okay, like, what you guys know as outright actually came from Japan. Like, outright as an alternative, right? Mm. Okay. Explain that, yeah. Okay. Outright actually originated from Japan in, uh, I would say, mid to late 90s. Like, as soon as the internet became popular in, like, in homes and, and uh, the outright so-called netto yoku in japan uh were basically like anime nerds that's like lurking in uh anonymous uh two channel like in american oh. version is a four channel anonymous board like anime okay. related idol okay. or video game streaming and stuff like that all those geeky stuff yes and those people were known to kind of like make a very racist or fascist comments online and spread hatred and bigotry online and started making like you know offensive memes or like whatever and then it kind of started affecting on you know the political stuff like 
So that was the origin of a、uh, outright.、Oh, right. So like、okay. you know, today like American people don't really have much idea of who outright are. Yeah. But、uh, America is just like the American outright is basically the same exact type of people. Yeah. You know, came from internet community. Anonymous. And they always use anime profile pic, anime PSP. Yes, yes, you're right. Because <laughs>、yeah. like they cannot. I mean, they don't feel comfortable of like showing their faces in order to be a fucking troll. Of course, like you don't want to show your face, yeah.、Mm-hmm. They always like you know, you get that sense. You know,、yeah. like they they actually originated from my country, unfortunately. And to me, like anime fandom, actually, like a lot of Japanese people do have an idea about anime nerds being. Right wingy type of people, anyways, in general. Okay.、And、you would assume that they be, you know, most. You you would think that they're far left as fuck, man. I mean, you know, with the with the cute imagery and 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 you know, it's art, and yeah, because you know, most of your artists are you know left wing, you know, people,、yeah. liberals and stuff like that. So like, I'm not talking about the all anime though. Yeah. So、okay. I still do watch like you know quality productions. Okay. Like let's say like perhaps the one of the most known anime you know genius creators Hayao Miyazaki,、right? mm-hmm. or like you know Isao Takahata from Ghibli Studio together.、Yes. You know what Ghibli Studio was built as an antidote to what anime culture became. Oh, okay. Like Hayao Miyazaki and Isao Takahata have always been known as a leftist. Not far leftist, definitely feminist.、Okay. Like as you can already see in their movies, like they always have a you know female character that's independent. Right. Yes. Right. Yes. So you know they're feminist, they're leftist. So like you know Hayao Miyazaki was already like by that that I think like early eighties there he was already disgusted by what popular anime culture was becoming with、uh, the fan base and whatnot, like degeneracy of all. Like guys started drawing some naked, you know, teens and stuff, and、uh, okay. schoolgirl was fetishized, and、uh, you know, yes, the quality of anime was already dropping by then. So like you know, Hayao Miyazaki and、uh, Isao Takahata decided to create a Ghibli studio dedicated to、um, the new genre, which is、uh, animated film instead of anime. Oh. So like when you do watch Japanese TVs and stuff, and when they talk about Ghibli, you know, anime and stuff, they don't call it anime. Ah.、Okay. They are instructed specifically to call that genre as a, you know, animated films because、ah, okay. Hayao Miyazaki and Takao Isahata make sure that that popular media would call them, you know, differently. Yeah, not associate them with. Yeah. Yeah, because、yeah, I, I thought anime was short for. And you know, cause I'm, you know, I'm an old dude, man. I'm, you know, knocking on sixty, you know, and shit, you know. And I'm, I've never been into anime, yeah. To be honest with you, so、mm-hmm. uh, I always it's, thought it's anime. Interesting hearing. Yeah,、this. always, always thought it was like fucking um, and a short for animation, you、yeah. know, like is, like you know, again, a cartoon was, or some shit.、Yeah. It is, it is, but I, I think he, they, this, this was intended. The way you know the way how they use the word is yeah different. They they try to part away from part away, what、yeah. anime degeneracy is going on. So, so so the originator of anime is probably、uh, very disappointed in the direction that anime has gone, because I've walked through、uh, adult video or porn 
shops, you know, mm-hmm. and I've seen anime yeah. porn. Hentai. Yeah, you know? hentai. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, like, we don't call it hentai, but then in America, I mean, in English, they call it hentai. But yeah. Then, yeah, because I'm like watching two cartoon characters. Fuck is not, you know, my ideal of, uh, <laughs> of so you're uh, saying that was entertainment. That, that was what they were point. trying to part from, right? Yes, exactly. What it has become. Mm-hmm. So, 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 again, this guy that says ban anime is, I mean, uh, do a lot I mean, of it's the not anime. Like, you know, well, well, do a lot of the anime people, let's say the anime enthusiasts, do they know about this guy or? or? Oh, yeah. I do have like a lot of like weeby people get pissed off at me. Yeah, probably yeah. reporting on me on Facebook. And so, I, you know. Do they like the faces art if they see it or some shit? Anime PFP, I usually don't accept uh, the friend request from anime PFP anyways. Like I said, like we already know that they are kind of you know those type of people, anyways. But I don't want to discriminate, though. So, so was that the that was the motivation behind? Yes, the like it's not like you know you can. Uh, L- Lux, was, was that the reason why he made that image? Was it was did it, did it come from that same, uh, I guess, idea of what? anime has become and that's why he's saying ban anime uh, oh I'm you're talking about Lush Sucks yeah Lush Sucks oh, okay. what was his yeah. intentions with that Lush Sucks is a new age of graffiti artist who is like really really familiar with uh, the, the today's millennial generation's internet culture and okay. keyboard culture okay so like his me- I mean his graffiti is about memes and like you know some uh, the, the YouTube personnel that has a you know influence on younger people culture and stuff like that so yeah he he definitely um, does draw a lot of anime characters with the, the, the little captions like that in order to like kind of send that message. Send out. the message, especially mm-hmm. when he visited Japan. Like he realized that how kind of popular that thing is. Yeah. Like even in the regular you know corners, the convenient sexualized anime. Or yeah, sexualized yeah. pedophilia is everywhere. Yeah. Wow, it, you yeah. know, it's a very crazy thing to me because I grew up in the West and uh, in, in my childhood it wasn't really that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Speaking After, of, speaking of that, I think they actually, you probably saw in the news, they're gonna take the uh, the, the the anime porn off the stands. Oh yeah, because the, uh, the Olympic is coming, so like they don't wanna, you know, <laughs> ashamed yeah. themselves, whatever. If it is not the right reason to, you know, ban pornography, yeah, just because yeah. like you know the foreigners are expected to come. I mean, like. <laughs> so for those not familiar with Japan, you know, there's all this anime porn. In the com- convenience stores, <laughs> I don't know why they <laughs> when you walk this in there. So, uh, in other words, they're gonna get rid of that. Um, like little girls are before obviously like looking you know, like eight year old, nine year girl. I mean, but yeah, but you know, I mean, why take your porn off the shelves just so some fucking foreigners are coming over? Be real, like you were saying earlier. <laughs> well, it's it's a good thing to get rid of it, I guess. Just what. What would prompt them to bullshit. take yeah. action is just... See, like, know. I'm a libertarian as well, but then again, I don't agree with the, the, the kind of hyper-normalized, you know, pedophilia and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Everything yeah, hyper-normalized yeah. is not good because yeah, yeah, it I, fucks I, up with your sense of, yeah. like, you know... When it comes to pedophilia, I think they should be, you know, hung by their balls yeah, with That's something that Japanese people are lacking shit. in general. But now, is it just a fantasy or is it actually? Because uh, you know, I, I I knew this one chick. She was like in her thirties, and and she used to do some sex work on the side. And she told me that uh, some of her clients wanted her to wear, you know, schoolgirl yeah. uniforms while they have sex or feel her up mm-hmm. or anything like that. So I'm pretty sure that's the difference between that and actual pedophilia. I mean, pedophilia is not a problem in this country, is it? 
Mm, it is. I mean, because like prostitution, to be honest, in Japan is uh, kind of halfway legal. You have these places called uh, the Soapland. Yeah. Like you guys heard of that? Yes. Like, Soapland is like basically massage parlor. But then again, like there's a the way to dodge the, the anti-prostitution law by going to those like, you know, the massage bathing places. So yeah. when you do have sexual activities while taking baths and being assisted for it, then that's <laughs> not sexual activity. Yeah. In Japan. Mm. Yeah. And uh, that, uh, I call hole. out Japanese government to uh, have made deal with Yakuza on that particularly. And a lot of people actually speculate that. Yeah, but they so don't have underage it? girls in there, do they? Mm, legally, because massages can be underage too. So that's the problem too. Oh, yeah, that's some fucked up shit then. But like, no matter what law says, like prostitution will always happen. That's the oldest profession in the world, bro. Yes. So like, you know, in a way, I, I'm kind of like supporting legalization with strict regu- regulation. Yes, yeah. you know? I totally agree. Yeah. But obviously, like this pedophilia stuff, commercialized pedophilia is definitely a you know, serious issue in Japan yeah, that yeah, needs to be addressed. Like, yeah. then yeah, big time. The weeaboo people's like fetishization of anime culture is like not doing good. Mm. You understand? Like, yeah. you know? Yeah. I don't, because the Japanese people are, you know, homogeneous people. So they are always paying attention to how foreign people, especially white people, though, yeah. you know, perceive Japan. Yes. Yes. But uh, the, the, when the, the, the majority of, uh, I wouldn't say majority, but in the great number of um, um, expats that uh, Japan attracts from Western countries, it's like just nerdy anime geeks, then like, you know, what they're going to say? I mean, yeah, that's not a good influence, yeah? Mm-hmm. When those white guys keep coming in for like super crazy, you know, pedophilia pawns, then like, <laughs> yeah. they would think that that's okay. Yeah. When it's not, you know. Yeah, that's fucked up. Uh, so I generally have this like negative attitude against anime, but you know, let me repeat: like I, I'm just intentionally kind of saying ban anime. Everybody knows that you cannot ban anime. That's yeah. just the artwork. Yeah. Then again, it's just like there are certain things that you know there's, there's boundary, you know. Yeah. yeah so so how long? I mean, this guy Lush sucks. Uh, yeah. Lush sucks. How long have you been knowing him? I mean, you guys. Well, I don't like, really know him. Know him. Mm. But then, like, I just uh, the, the, the met him online and just... Oh, you never yeah, met him I just in person. followed him. Hey, shout out to Lush Sucks. If you're ever in Japan, please visit the Royal... I mean, the Raw Urban Mobile Podcast. the Royal. Yeah. <laughs> the, well, yeah, we should call ourselves the, the Royal Mobile. Mobile. Yeah, but the Raw the Urban Mobile, Mobile Podcast. Shout out to Lush Sucks. If you're in Tokyo, hey, we'll be glad to have you in the Mobile Man Cave. But so, so his goal is... Not so much the man anime, but to what bring attention? Yes, I'm intentionally the kind negative. of fucking with them, you know, like yeah. because it, it's usually the case for like you know those nerds to get uh, riled up, triggered. And, yeah, like when somebody says stuff like ban anime. Yeah, oh. it's usually the case, like way to do, like way to the kind of trigger nerds. Yeah, antagonize the ass yes. into yeah, yeah. I've, yeah, I've yeah. seen I've seen quite a few of my friends putting up pics of that. Uh, where where is that? That image, I think her, uh, Shibuya, like Cat Street. Ah, okay, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. okay. So, yeah, I've seen people taking pictures with that behind them mm-hmm. recently. So. I'm surprised it hasn't been like defaced with some graffiti or some shit, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think Japanese people would get the message though, because yeah. they, they don't know, like you know, that that side character, like you know, Nico Nico Ni, 
we start fucking、uh, the Takashi 69. They don't know what Takashi 69 did. Or, you know. Okay, gotcha. Well, can you explain the audience like, what, how the graffiti piece actually looks?、So、actually, I, I, I would have to take a look at it again. I, I've, I've、yeah. just glanced at it. I don't really. Yeah,、uh, I like to see it in person. I'm rolling、yeah. through Shibuya. I have、yeah. a picture of it in my phone somewhere. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. definitely on pedophilia. So, like, yeah.、Know. Okay, all right. Well, man, we, we would like to. We, we greatly appreciate you coming through. Yes, sir. My man. Yo, Opinionated. Yo, outspoken. Big ups to Hero for、yes, coming、sir. through and talking to us about a variety of topics that delve into Japanese culture. Yeah. Hope you learned something today if you're listening. Yeah. It's been a pleasure, my brother. And there's a lot more we could talk to Hero about. It'd probably take yeah, three yeah. or four episodes. Yeah, we'll have some、so, back on. This, this brother's、sure. got like deep. Deep, deep motherfucking knowledge. You got any shout outs, man? I'm gonna shout、Lay、out the, us, the Dosing crew. Yes, man. Like,、What's、you know, even though like, I'm taking a little break for my crew for a moment, but you know, I'm trying to manage my little personal issues and stuff, and you know,、mm-hmm. definitely like, you know, doing that stuff again soon. So, yeah,、hey. once again, shout out to Dosing. So, Dosing has、yeah. a, they have, they're on Instagram, right? Facebook? Yeah, yeah, they're、okay. everywhere. So. Everywhere.、Yeah. So, D O S I N G, right?、Mm-hmm. Perhaps one of the most like popping crew in Tokyo as of now, yeah. Okay, damn, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely,、Word. I definitely, well, in terms、them. of like a foreign, you know, the、yeah. talent and all those international DJs, whatnot, they just are really magnificent, you know, magnificent um collective, yeah, of artists. Yeah, I've, I've, I've vibed with uh Stefan at a few events, man. Cool, cool brother, cool cat.、Right. Hey, one quick question before you leave. I know this shit's out of the ballpark and way the fuck. Uh, off course for most of you Confucianists out there.、Uh, hey, what's the chances of Japan legalizing weed in the future? Weed. From your, from your deep perspective. I mean, medical、knowledge. weed is already legalized, anyways. Right. And、uh, Japanese, are,、um, like I said, like, they are kind of like conformists and like, they have long been told that drugs are bad, you know, like. Weed are gateway drugs and stuff. Like, so, like, they do exhibit weed phobia. So, it would take some time. But then,、mm. when it、about、does 30, happen. About 30, 40 years. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't say yeah. that, but then, like. <laughs> Maybe、yeah. 20, at least. <laughs>、mm. Yeah. Yeah. But when it does, you know, they will just adapt to it. I did I mean, see a picture of Prime, Minister's, Ab- Prime Minister Abe's wife、uh, in a weed field because, you know, Uh, a long time ago, Japan used to grow weed for hemp,、mm-hmm. you know, hemp purposes and stuff. And, and they still do use it for hemp. Yes,、and、they absolutely do. Yeah. Like some yeah. of our like, traditional you know, crafts are actually、yeah. hemp based. So, yeah. When you actually travel to Hokkaido, you can you know, find some natural grown Ooh, stuff too. Shit. You know. All right, man. That's All right, it. brother. Yes, sir. From the Mobile Man Cave, we're out. Yes, sir. Live、yeah. in the streets of Kanagawa. Peace、hey. out. Thank you for listening to the Roar Urban Mobile Podcast. For more episodes, please visit rump.podbean.com or you can head straight to Google and type in Roar Urban Mobile Podcast. You can also listen to us on Spotify, iTunes, and wherever you can stream or download podcasts.